a lot of college students, for example, in Santa Barbara, you can go up there and in Isla Vista, everybody's riding a bicycle. There's a thousand bicycles in the bike parking up there. It's the way that they get around. It's cheap. It's easy. You don't have to search for parking. Here we have Cal State Northridge with 40,000 students, and they've still not quite figured out that they need to make it cycling and pedestrian friendly versus building giant parking lots around it and encouraging everybody to drive cars there. I'm running because I am concerned about our climate emergency and I have exciting ideas about how to make this city better in ways that will address the climate emergency that we face. That's my reason for running. I've never hid that. I'm not going to be hiding that. Everybody knows that. Hello, you're live on KPFK. Hi, this is Linda. Hey, Linda. This is Don Ward. And I'm speaking to Linda from Calbike. What's your last name? This is Linda Kamushian. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So I'm taking over the boards right now because Nick Richard, who normally hosts Bike Talk, is outside with his daughter and wifey at um, Mm -hmm. the restaurant there. So it's me. So we are here to talk about... Complete streets. Complete streets. Let's get the rundown. Well, specifically, I think we're talking about SB 127, right? I'm, I got to get caught up, so and our listeners sure. probably have to get caught up, too, so why not give sure. us the whole not rundown? Not a problem. Yeah. Sure. So CalBike, California Bicycle Coalition, along with our state partners, uh, California Walks, American Heart Association, Safe Routes Partnership, and ARP, we're a good collective of folks who are trying to make sure that it's safe for people to bike and walk and uh, get around their communities and also so that folks can have safe access to getting to uh, school, getting to work, getting to grocery stores, just, you know, things that you think are pretty basic intentions. But a lot of our transportation decisions are not made with people in mind. They're made with cars in mind. And so I don't think that's anything new for this audience. But what we've been working on for the past three years now, and we're at the finish line here, is SB 127. This is a Complete Streets for Active Living bill. It's Senator Scott Weiner from San Francisco. He's been pioneering this effort where anytime there is a road maintenance on state highways, so routes that are running through a community like Santa Monica Boulevard, for example, down in L.A., Western Avenue, uh, going down towards Torrance and San Pedro. All across the state, there are state-owned, Caltrans-owned roads, uh, Department of Transportation-owned roads that are going through our communities, and they serve as local roads. They serve as things that we just know as local streets. We don't think of them as highways. Sure, like Santa Monica Boulevard is a big one, yeah. These For are, us in L.A. Exactly. These are Caltrans on roads. So they actually, the way that they go in and they design, or when they're going in to do maintenance for these roads, they're still not considering the people that are walking along the sidewalk, the people that might be biking that route, if there's even a need for it. And we argue that there is in a lot of places and that there needs to be accommodations that are uh, accessible and safe and help get people around, uh, not just in a car. So... What the bill would do is make sure that whenever Caltrans goes in to do maintenance on these parts of the state highway, which is a process that is ongoing, you know, they schedule maintenance based on the condition of the road. And so it might be in the next year, it might be in 20 years, it might be in 30 years, but 
when they go do that, we're we're putting in a mandate through this bill that they have to build out the road for all users in mind. And that's what Complete Streets really is. It's, it's an accommodation of uh, all types of users of the road, not just the car. Right. That seems great. It's a civil rights issue. We shouldn't have to afford or be able to drive a multi-thousand dollar vehicle just to get around safely. So this sounds great. Yeah. Well, and also we don't have the road capacity. We don't have the space for all the cars. I mean, you, you know, I'm from West LA. I'm from Santa Monica Boulevard where it's the Caltrans on road. That's been my neck of the woods for a long time. Come 2 p.m., it's a parking lot, totally. you know, trying to get people across the way. So there could be better options for that. And it's also a, a heavily trafficked area where there's a lot of businesses. Now there's, you know, even jump bikes around there. So there's they're trying to bring some mobility options to those spaces, but it's very challenging when there's no visible crosswalks. I mean, there's a lot of um, older adults going along that corridor, for example, going to the senior center along San Monica Boulevard, and, you know, they're taking the bus, but, you know, they're trying to navigate a street that's not for, you know, getting around by biking and walking. Yeah, there's um, large gaps between signals in lots of parts mm-hmm. of Santa Monica so it's difficult to cross because car drivers you know they don't see you or they won't stop for you they just sort right. of keep going by and it's really intimidating to cross a street like Santa Monica Boulevard so if this bill passes um, like is there a design guide that they have to abide by or how does this work like let's say it passes and you have Santa Monica Boulevard which um, you know, they're they're actually closing some of the gaps. Like, the, I think they closed the gap uh, in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. But there's west of uh, west of Sepulveda, I think the bike lanes disappear, and you got, you know, seven lanes of, of Santa Monica Boulevard heading all the way to yeah. the beach, right? So, so what, what would happen Sepulveda, there? Yeah. West of Sepulveda, so 405 to the edge of Santa Monica limit, city limit, mm-hmm. that's Caltrans. Yeah. On road. It, from the 405 to um, basically Beverly Hills is City of LA. So that actually, that part of Santa Monica has been relinquished to the city. Oh, really? Okay. City. Okay. Yeah. Was that recent? Or? Hills, um, no, I think it happened in um, the, either the 2000s. Okay. Uh, um, so they're probably, you know, but you can, you can see though the, the differences between, even though like, you know, four or five to Beverly Hills is is much you know wider. There's still some ability to get through the biking and walking, um, whereas you know four or five to Santa Monica, it's 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 due for maintenance, right? Sure. Um, so so what this would mean when this goes into effect is uh, anytime. So the the Department of Transportation is is in is constantly doing maintenance across its all of its uh, sort of uh, highway system. And the state highway system is it's 50,000 lane miles. It's very vast. A lot of that is, you know, freeways, but about 17% of it is what we are, you know, affecting in this bill, which it's that part of the state highway system that's going through the communities that are local streets and roads. And what we found is actually over 185 uh, different routes. Right. Okay. So there's there's segments. It's not, you know, it's not all going to apply, but the segments that we mean and intend are the parts that are going to the community. And so if this goes into effect, 
what it would do is require uh, Complete Street to be incorporated into that maintenance project. Uh, and it would just, it would basically, it's flipping the script to say, we are accommodating uh, all users first. And then if, if we can't for some reason, let's say it's too costly, there's not enough road space, there's, you know, there, there's certain restrictions that Caltrans can say it, it was not feasible, which is the case for, you know, any kind of design or implementation. Um, so there's definitely a way uh, to allow for Caltrans to say this is not feasible. But what it does do is, is instead of having to constantly get, you know, exceptions and, and permitting to, to get in the bike lanes, to get in the sidewalks, this would just mandate it up front. Okay. And then would would it now require a process to not include bike lanes? Like they'd have to go through a public process and say, yeah, this is not feasible and get mm-hmm. public input on it, that kind of thing? Yeah. So what, they, what we have in the bill is that the public process is, uh, you know, they schedule these maintenance projects uh, in, through the, the state Highway Operation and Protection Program, the SHOP program, which they call it. And then every two years, they're scoping out projects based on what's the next in line to be maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the bill, there's a, there's a cause for if, if they can't provide the complete streets components within the maintenance project, that, you know, that, and that project is part of this sort of 17%. Then they have to have a public process, a public hearing for why. Hmm. Basically, it's a it's an accountability to demonstrate that th- that they've they've considered it. Mm-hmm. They've you know they've done their analysis and it wasn't feasible for X, Y, and Z reason. Now it doesn't mean that there's a public hearing for every single project that can't do it. The hmm. Caltrans district level can you know scope the project and determine which are not eligible or can't are not feasible and then do a public hearing. But then the idea is that there is something that the public can track and then also weigh in on um, just to have that level of transparency uh, that we don't see right now in these projects. Right on. So, okay, so the bill is, where is the bill and what, give us like a ballpark percentage chance of it passing. Sure. The bill is on the governor's desk, so it's uh, oh. passed through every level. Uh, it's been uh, very challenging along the way. The the opposition really is the status quo, um, and and the status quo being Caltrans. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, otherwise, we have we put out a letter. Um, you know, our letter of support has 70 organizations uh, signed on, and that doesn't include organizations that have, you know, signed on their own letters in support. We have the City of L.A. came on in support uh, unanimously, uh, you know, State of San Francisco, and a number of cities um, across the state that, you know, San Luis Obispo, for example, Sacramento, um, Encinitas, you know. So we it's definitely to, de- to demonstrate that this affects, a lot of cities, and it's not just urban settings. It's also um, Caltrans state-owned roads are oftentimes the main street in a in a rural community. It's the main, you know, uh, the business area. It's the main area where there's schools, and so 
those are streets, too, that we want to make sure are accommodating uh, the ability for people to bike and walk there safely. Uh, and so in terms of where it stands, you know, given the governor's, Governor Newsom's, so it's a new administration, you know, there's a whole lot of new energy. It's, a, it's very hard to gauge uh, because there isn't really a strong track record yet of how the governor votes. Mm-hmm. However, uh, what we've determined is, like, this falls directly in line with what he's been saying, especially after the past week. He's been on a tour uh, on uh, on the climate uh, conversation, uh, maybe he's tracked. And, and so he gave out, he put out an executive order last Friday that um, aligns that, that's saying that transportation decisions have to align with climate resiliency. We want to be reducing vehicle miles traveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want I to did, be I able to get that, people yeah. out of cars, mm-hmm. reduce emissions. So this actually is a this actually is a way that op, you know puts that into into action and operationalize it. Uh, the challenge is that it, it may not actually have um, have you know, he may directly not know about it. Uh, we're sort of in the process of getting the information to him. So how it works is that. The bill passes the legislature, uh, both the Assembly and the Senate, and then it goes to the governor's desk. And then it's really his staff uh, that then presents the bill to him. And they present, you know, the support, they present the opposition. And it's really incumbent on uh, sort of us and the public to, at this point in time, weigh in and and make sure that the governor is hearing from everyone uh, and so uh, I'm optimistic, uh, but to be honest, I'm not sure uh, because we don't have a clear idea where he hasn't, like, weighed in on it. Um, there's other bills and other issues where he, even before the bill passes the legislature, he's signaling where he stands and where it's going to go. This one he hasn't weighed in on. Um, and so, you know, we, we really would appreciate people calling, people sending emails. Uh, he has until October 13th to sign um, bills. And then, uh, you know, one of the things that's coming up is Walk to School Day on Tuesday, uh, on Wednesday, rather. And uh, also it's California Clean Air Day. So these are, you know, this is directly in alignment with, uh, you know, getting people out of cars, reducing our emissions, uh, getting people to walk and bike safely in their communities. uh, And, yeah. I mean, do you have a, okay, so we've got a, We've got a call to action. It sounds like what's, you know, what's the phone number? Where where do we call? Absolutely. So you can call the governor's office. Um, of course, it's uh, Friday, <laughs> uh, six forty p.m. So leave you a won't message. Get any live person, and, and you might get a voicemail. But mm-hmm. at this time of the year, they might be so inundated. They I imagine they wouldn't even get those calls uh, or listen to them. Right, so email might be better. Yeah, email. So um, if you go to calbike.org, you can, uh, there's an action alert where you can uh, uh, find a way to email. And then we also have, um, you can also call, and I'm trying to pull up the number now for listeners. Um, uh, But basically, it's a very easy process to weigh in on. Um, The other thing that would work really well is, is using social media. Um, tweeting at the governor. Uh, we have a number of things on our um, uh, Twitter feed around 
you know, getting uh, the letter out and a number of other sort of uh, resources for people to check out. You can check out, we have on our website also sort of um, the list of, uh, a, a, a growing list that we're, we've been putting together the list of the highlights that this would actually affect um, okay. or in cities. Yeah, so uh, you can check uh, that out. Kind of thinking of uh, some of the other cities, so like San Diego or San Francisco. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, definitely. And this is coming from uh, the senator from San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, Senator Weiner, and it, you know this would affect Nineteenth um, Avenue, Van Ness, Sloat uh, Boulevard, Sloat um, Avenue, Sloat Boulevard. Uh, there was actually so one of the issues was um, a child was hit at an intersection on Nineteenth Avenue in San Francisco. Uh, not too long ago, back in November, uh, and so it's just a it's the crosswalk is not set up for children to be seen. It's, mm. it's the roadways are set up for cars to go through quickly. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, yeah, it's definitely a call to action. I mean, we um, and I have the phone number here. It's nine one six four four five two eight four one. To express your support. 916-445-2841. Okay. Let's repeat that one more time. Sure. 916-445-2841 to call the governor's office and express support for SB 127 Complete Street. And we have until October 13th, and that's when he's going to make his decision. No, he has until October 13th to make a decision. Oh, he may the make way it, it works sooner. Is, yeah, he can make a decision as early as Monday uh, or mm. end of next week. It just really depends on when it gets presented to him uh, by his staff. And oftentimes it's timing of other you know, factors and then also what other bills are on his desk that maybe need to be... Um, signed or vetoed earlier. So it's it's a number of things that determine the when, but the urgency is to make sure he knows now. Okay. And, you know, what's the opposition look like? Are they making phone calls too or what? Honestly, the there is no... The opposition is, is really, um, at this point, along the way has been the administration, uh, Caltrans and the Department of Finance. The issue with the bill is... Uh, well, what Caltrans ended up doing was they put out a fiscal impact um, while it was going through assembly appropriations that said it would cost, in order to add this sort of stipulation, this mandate requirement on the shop program and all these maintenance projects, it would cost an additional, Caltrans said it's going to cost an additional $4.5 million per Lane mile ah. per per project, yeah. So it's it's laughing, right? It's uh, to add complete streets elements, and and that doesn't mean. And and the way they determined that was they took standalone projects, projects that would be completely built out just for bike and ped uh, along state highways, and and they took that sort of some level of estimate from there and created this average four point five mile. When we've talked to any practitioner, whether it's a planner or engineer at the uh, local or regional level, that it's it's just an insane estimate. That um, sounds insane. A, that sounds is. absolutely uh, insane. It's like 
4.5 million dollars a mile just why why are they against it i mean why are they really against it because this sounds exactly. totally fake that's the question why are they really against it and and you know what at this point it's it's the bill has demonstrated that it has support and in many cases it's so common sense it should already be in place you know to have to go through this effort to put in uh, a policy that when you're going in to do maintenance, it's the most cost-effective time, cost-efficient time to to add in additional, you know, your, your additional elements. You're right, because a lot of times it's, it, it's just paint, right? Like, I mean, yeah. sure, there's got to be an engineer well, that plans not, it. We're, but... not, we're not asking for gold-plated bike <laughs> lanes. The, the, these are, you know, so, so then, so they said 4.5 million dollars a mile and then the total estimate per year was going to be an additional 1.3 billion dollars so these are billion wow. dollar bike lanes that caltrans is <laughs> who's who's back there who's back there making this <laughs> making this up come on is it are they what like is it you know I, i've heard that triple a's on the you know on the board and there's some vehicular cyclists back there is this pressure from groups like that or what's going on in there it's just old engineers that are used to designing for cars and now they're grumpy about it and they're like well it's going to cost a billion dollars you you um you nailed it on the nose you nailed it on the nose one of those people retiring (laughs) when what what when is their retirement time can we can we cash them out early or what how do we cash Uh, them out early i know right uh Crowd, let's crowdsource their retirement. Yeah. Uh, I guess we already are, right? Our tax yeah. dollars. Uh, yeah, we're already doing uh, that. So that's really what it is. I think uh, what, we've, what has been demonstrated is that this, there's a need and there's support. And uh, this makes fiscal sense because you're saving, and you're saving money up front instead of having to go back down the line Let's say they do the maintenance and they don't accommodate, which is 100% of the time. Hmm. Uh, and then they have to go back uh, because the other thing that's happening now um, over the next five years is Caltrans is actually doing active transportation plans for each of their 12 uh, districts. So okay. Caltrans doesn't even know right now where their bike lanes are, where their sidewalks are. Um, they they are only just now getting an inventory of their uh, bike and ped infrastructure, mm. and then they're also now just only understanding what is the uh, sort of the injury and fatality rates for pedestrian and bicyclists along state highways. So oh, they're God. they're now exploring those things, but that's five years out, you know, uh, in terms of of getting to to know and determine exactly the gap. In the meantime, what they need to start doing is just filling in those uh, gaps where it's needed uh, as they're going in and doing this maintenance. This maintenance is happening. Uh, it's going in the ground. It should be uh, accommodating all users as, as it's happening. So uh, we, we really don't see a reason to wait any longer uh, to make this, this change um, and we're hoping for a signature. So okay, all right. Well, I might have to call up Dale Benson over at Caltrans and tell him to, uh, you know, get in the ear of somebody over there. I don't know. He yeah. He do you know Dale Benson? Dale Benson. <laughs> some, no. some, some, 
He's a local hero in Los Maybe. Angeles. Yeah, he's he works at Caltrans, but he's he he uh, he's in charge of a lot of bike stuff. It seems like, and uh, he's done some really heroic things, actually, mm-hmm. with regards to Hyperion Bridge, which was a big battle that happened a couple years ago. Anyways, um, yeah, so maybe we should repeat that phone number one more time. This is urgent. Call over the weekend, leave a message, email. I mean, I, that's probably one of those big, long emails, right, that we could maybe say uh, online or, or on the air? Yeah, yeah. So the email uh, is actually – so it's, a, it's an easy process. We actually have, like, a filled-in email that you can uh, On calbike.org, right? Yeah, calbike.org, Cal- okay. yeah. And it'll be pretty easy to, to bring up the, the page. It's just, you know, the action alert I'm around. I'm going to go there right now. Calling governor – yeah. Calbike.org. And Join me, folks. Come on. Calbike.org here. <laughs> All those millions of listeners it. out there. Let's see. All the millions. The millions of people that just want to share. We're going to crash our site. <laughs> yeah, let's bring down the Calbike servers. Just kidding. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Okay, so. So you would go to Take Action and Speak Out for Complete Street. Okay calbike.org click on take action and then what complete streets speak out for speak out for complete street okay my phone service sucks inside the studio i'm still loading but uh and then the phone number one more time let's do that yeah and the phone number is 916-445-2841 okay so we really should be making a phone call and an email if you really want to get your bonus bike advocate points, right? Yeah. You can tweet Let's at double up. Newsom. Oh, yeah, and tweet. Uh, That's really easy. <laughs> you know, just pop open Twitter and look at the cal- – it's like at CalBike or what? We are uh, – what are we? We are CalBike. Yeah, CalBike. Okay, it came up here. What am I doing here? Let's see. Okay, so we're going to do at CalBike. We're going to look at their Twitter, find some things that are referencing this. It's SB127. See, I'm like one of your typical like members of the public where this stuff just starts getting really, you know, really um, wonky. Even wonky, just, yeah. Even just the number of the bill will uh, bring me down here. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah, SB127 at calbike.org. Let's find, some, let's find some people out there to make phone calls, send emails, and tweet at the governor. And maybe, yeah, like, CC, thanks. what, CC Donald Trump or what? Like maybe that'll catch his, Please don't get him. catch his eye. Don't get him involved. <laughs> <laughs> He's done enough damage. I know it's terrible. Why did I even mention his name? We're we're trying to be in a bike utopia here, and I mentioned <laughs> that guy's name. Sorry, everybody. And do you want to give a plug for the bike summit that's coming up? Sure. You guys can join us uh, October fifteenth through seventeenth in LA. We're going to be at, at the Cal Endowment. Uh, we've got a great lineup. Um, you can find information on our summit. I think at calbike.org/summit. And uh, yeah, tickets are still going. I think we're hitting our limit soon. So uh, check that out. It's going to be uh, the this theme is intersections. 
Okay. So uh, playing on the actual intersection, but also the fact that biking is really a part of a lot of different avenues. We work really closely with uh, a lot of our partners and that are working for a cleaner environment, um, more affordable housing. Uh, it's just pushing better uh, mobility options, transit. So interse- intersections is really about <laughs> how it all connects together. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. Is the, you know, it's like a bike lane is one thing, and then when you get to the intersection, it just seems like they just throw you, especially in front of freeways, freeway entrances right. and exits. They just like, all right, you, uh, they just throw you out there, and you're like sort of exactly got to figure out what to do, which is mostly take the lane. It's kind of the best strategy, right. but we need to fix that. Okay, so Cal Bike Summit coming up. October 15th through 17th, sign up at calbike.org. Hit up Gavin Newsom, email, phone call, Twitter. And uh, did I forget something? I think that's it. No, you got it all. Thanks so much. All right. Well, thank you, Linda. And, uh, you know, ride safe. Yeah, thanks. You too. Take care. Okay. See ya. So who do we have next? We're going to have uh, Lorraine Lundquist. Yeah. Who ran for Council District 12 here yes. in Los Angeles. Yes. And you helped. I did. I volunteered. And I went for 45 minutes one time. Thank you. I mean, e- you. every minute counts, right? Mm-hmm. She had a whole lot of volunteers, which was great. There was groups like uh, Food and Water Watch and Ground Game LA mm. were helping. You know, she herself had a lot of volunteers going on and the office was always buzzing with people so that was that was quite amazing because anyone that's familiar with uh city council politics here in los angeles knows that council district 12 which is basically the northwest valley Mm -hmm. the extreme far reaches of los angeles on the northwest side as you approach simi valley it's yeah. pretty conservative out there, and that district is basically Republican. It's a nonpartisan seat, but Republicans have held that seat for a long time. And worse yet, it just sort of gets handed from one chief of staff to the next. So the last council member, who actually I actually liked him, Mitch Englander, mm-hmm. um, he was not good in general for active transportation he did a few things that really were just wow can't believe it but uh he did also work with eric garcetti on a complete streets project or a great streets project down reseda and that's a good little project right there because the one thing about council district 12 is that it has um it's home to cal state northridge and there's 40,000 students there. And it's always been known as a commuter school, but that's sort of, seems like it's changing. I actually went to that school as well. And uh, it seems like it's transforming from a commuter school to more of a, like, uh, like cosmopolitan. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's actually, you know, they've, they've been doing a lot of projects there and it's become somewhat of a prestigious school to go to, you know, it's not as, as a C student as it used to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, 
I mean, there's tons of potential to build up that whole area as a walkable, bikeable area because that's there's little chunks out there that used to be um, designed that way. Like you could go on Chatsworth Avenue over by Zelza and there's a whole business district there with shops and bars on the street. And, you know, it'd be great to have students uh, riding their bicycles there versus mm -hmm. trying to drive there or not going there at all, you know, because they don't have a connection there. And also Reseda Boulevard and a little bit south of Nordoff, there's also some uh, storefront and business activity. There's a big gap at Nordoff and Reseda. It's just like a giant parking lot crater and strip mall, you know, uh, dead zone which sort of cuts the school off from the little business district south of Nordoff. And they've tried to revive that business district. Um, Englanders, people and Englander um, did some kind of uh, revival effort there where they put some money into street furniture and sort of dressing it up and inviting people to come there. The problem is, is like I said, you have a school that's, divided from that area by a giant like asphalt crater and mm -hmm. that you know unfortunately just when you are you know when you're in school you're not trying to drive everywhere you probably don't even have a car you know a lot of a lot of college students for example in Santa Barbara you can go up there and in Isla Vista, everybody's riding a bicycle. There's a thousand bicycles in the bike parking up there. Um, it's the way that they get around. It's cheap. It's easy. You don't have to search for parking. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to get around. And here we have Cal State Northridge with 40,000 students. And they've still not quite figured out that they need to make it cycling and pedestrian friendly versus building giant parking lots around it and encouraging everybody to drive cars there. So that's kind of one issue with Council District 12 that is promising is that there is a changing of the guard in that way and that's the way that's what that's what went down with Lorraine Lundquist's campaign is she came really close to winning. You know, it was something like 4% difference between uh, John Lee, who was the Republican candidate who won, yeah, and Lorraine Lundquist. It was pretty much unprecedented for for that district. So things are changing. <laughs> you know, she was a member of the neighborhood council out in, I believe, Northridge East um, or Granada Hills, which is another neighborhood out there. She was very active in the Aliso Canyon crisis, which was a big wedge issue really between you know John Lee and Lorraine Lundquist because John Lee didn't commit to shutting it down until late in the game and even when he did commit it was still sort of like a wishy-washy commitment you know you know and Lorraine has done her research she's a professor at Cal State Northridge she's an astrophysicist you know she's super smart yeah but also she is logistically smart, which means, you know, she's a mom. 
she has served on the neighborhood council. She's start. She um, launched the uh, West Valley um, Homeless Alliance group. I don't know if I got the name right, but mm-hmm. um, that's another issue out there that that people care about. So, you know, she she did good, and it was a it was a special election. So in special elections, you know, the the turnout is low. It was also when CSUN wasn't in session. And the upcoming election is in March. It's also the California Democratic primary. And school will be in session. So those are all things that are going to play in and as a factor. And it, that, that looks good. That's going to be a better, more competitive. I mean, she was really competitive, but it's, you know, I don't know, looking at potential win there so that Mm -hmm. we're excited i'm excited that she's running again um yeah and more chance in a general election right well yeah the primaries the democratic primaries that's going to be big right you know because when you have fewer people voting it skews more towards that other guy's demographic (laughs) right yeah i mean john lee's demographic is you know older and republican and uh you know it's their they vote and hats off to them they vote you know mm-hmm. uh, you know you, you everybody's parents you know them they vote that's that's all they care about is politics young people not so much you know young mm-hmm. people don't realize how important it is and we're sort of in the middle right like we're <laughs> we're not quite you know retired and we're also not quite millennials, so here we are, and uh, we're excited about politics. Yeah, I'm a big voter, though. Yeah, me too. I've been voting, you know, since I was 18. So it's just not as many people vote, and and also another thing is, you know, a lot of young people tend to be renters, mm-hmm. and so they're not necessarily invested. registered in yeah registered or invested in the district and that sort of thing. So. So that's that's tough, but uh, it's looking good, and uh, we're gonna get a call from Lorraine at any minute now. So Lorraine said she'd call in five minutes. She said she's gonna find a quiet place. All right, cool. I feel like, um, you know, almost like that. Nervous, nervous a little bit desperate. Like you're like, like when's yeah. she gonna call? Right. When's she gonna call? When's she gonna call me? You know. Yeah, no. She'll just, you know what? Just relax. Yeah, it's going to happen. Stop shaking your legs. <laughs> um, should we listen to music before she calls in, or should we just keep bantering here about bicycles? So that cow bike news is good, yeah. right? Well, is it news? Did it, did it happen? No. It didn't happen yet. Knock on wood. You know, we want to make sure we don't jinx it. Right. But Gavin Newsom's been doing some pretty radical stuff, it seems like. Has he? I mean, I saw that there's rent control, right? That I don't know if that's been signed yet, but he's supposed to sign it. That's good news. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, look. That's going to be Lorraine. There it is. Hello. Hi, Hi. Lorraine. Hi. You're on with Nick and Don. Sorry. If, I, if you were waiting for me, I'm, I was trying to find a quiet no. place. I'm not necessarily, didn't really find one. I'm kind of just out on the street still, but... 
I'm a little bit quieter than I was before. <laughs> okay. Cool. I mean, we were expecting you to be riding in your cargo bike with your kids. Yeah. And your bucket. <laughs> okay. Right. Wow. Actually, we want to keep that part secret. You're not really like a bicycle advocate. You know? <laughs> well, I am walking. So. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, round two. We, Let's talk some mobility, right? Lorraine's yeah, definitely pro-mobility. and. Um, we'll everybody's <laughs> pro-mobility that's the thing <laughs> everybody wants to be able to get around yes but right? you 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 kind of agree with us that we need options right we shouldn't just be Absolutely. driving cars yes yes okay. and mobility shouldn't be just for people who own cars who drive cars who are mobility able to drive cars for, yeah. yeah exactly mobility should be for everyone yeah it's kind of a civil rights issue really it's i mean it is it is yeah absolutely so what what event are you at can you <laughs> say yeah I was, I was just at a networking event for for clean energy people so mm. it's a good good thing for oh, um up my alley in terms of meeting people and fundraising which unfortunately is the name of the game at, especially at this stage of of the race is starting over from scratch and um that's part of what politics these days is all about i'm afraid is calling people and asking for money <laughs> yeah that's that's the sad state of affairs with our politics but it has to be done until we can somehow some way get it changed but uh yeah fundraising so how's you know i've never been called by an actual politician before I have. Mm. Have you? Yeah, I got like called by Lorraine. Lorraine actually called me. Oh, that's me. who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's when I came on board. I was like, okay, here's, um, I didn't give you any money, but I gave you some time. <laughs> yes, you gave that's me a I, lot of time. You came out afford. and knocked doors every single weekend for quite a while in there. <sighs> in the hot, hot August yeah. sunshine in the valley. We were trying to... Well, Don lives there. Yeah. What's I that? do. That, I, I'm invested in this yeah. district. I live in this district, so yeah, yeah. I want absolutely. somebody that represents me there. Finally, so you were networking at a green energy, the evil green energy lobby. Um, <laughs> this was a shadowy yeah. fundraiser. Conspiracy. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. okay, green energy. Now you came up. You know the DWP union, the IBW. Uh, yes. I was trying to kind of make sense of what was going on for a while there because my friend works for the DWP and, you know, I yeah. was just trying to understand it from both sides and it just sound, sounded kind of BSE from their side. Can mm -hmm. you back up and explain? Yeah, l let's hear your rundown of, of, I mean, they spent a lot of money. The DWP spent, the I, the union Spent a lot IBEW of Local 18, which represents the employees for the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power, which is the utility that we all get our bills from. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that union spent a lot of money, and they, they uh, collected money from fossil fuel companies, from the California Resources Corporation and um, other folks, uh, other, you know, fossil fuel industry people um, and spent their own money as well from their union members uh, against me, over $300,000 against me wow. in this race. Wow. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, they, they, they played pretty dirty too, I have to say. Um, 
you yeah, know, the flyers were me. atrocious. They said I was going to take people's cars away and things like that. So um, we got to keep that part secret. <laughs> so, yeah, let's <laughs> really try not to get too much publicity that for that. Yeah. She's coming for your cars. That's like way down the line in our plans. <laughs> oh my God. No, but there was other so, stuff like, yeah, oh, our always, bills are going to go up by three thousand yeah, dollars. She's gonna. She, they had a very specific amount. She's going to raise your yeah. bills by three thousand one hundred and seventy-one dollars, and then they would put a citation to. And the citation, if you would look it up, it would be an article that didn't say anything like that. That didn't have that number anywhere in it. That just they made it up. But you know, when they make it look very specific and they put a citation, it looks real. Right, right. It's <laughs> genius. It was, is that? Is there no? That's not illegal. Yeah how how is that how is that legal? How can they do this? I have wondered that myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess just based on the know. principle that it would take too long to sue during a yeah. election, so they just anything so, goes. So the DWP is union, the IE. I B E W. I B E W Local 18 is the union that represents the DWP workers. Yeah. And they're the ones that spent against me. And this hasn't been, they have um, spent really hard against other things. They were in the news recently for trying to block a contract that LADWP was trying to sign for a big new solar installation that was going to have solar power plus clean energy storage with batteries at a price that's cheaper than any of the fossil fuel plants that we're getting our electricity from now. So it was an amazing deal. Um, it's going to generate 7% of our electricity in Los Angeles. And the union was right. trying to block it. Why? Um, Why? Really, for no reason. It, it wouldn't even take away any of the... I mean, usually, it, you know, in my race, they were arguing that I wanted to shut down the gas plants and that that would take away jobs. Um, but this one wouldn't take away any jobs. Um, so it was, it was, it was not even clear... Um, you know, the, in the DWP commissioner's meeting, they tried to get a straight answer about why, what their concerns were, and they were very um, unclear about that. And and uh, it was it was um, it's very strange. I don't really um, fully understand what is happening and what's going on, but I do know from my experience working with the DWP that. You know, it's it's a very resist an organization that's very resistant to change. Mm. We know that there is there are problems with corruption. That, you know, they're being investigated by the FBI right now. Um, yeah, they got been, raided for the right? repair scandal. Mm-hmm. What's that? I'm sorry, they 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 got raided. I, they I got heard. raided by the FBI. Exactly. Wow. Um, so, you know, there are yeah, there are issues over there. Um, but this is the union, not, uh, the, not the... It's the same that's company. That's true. They're all in the union, yeah. the word rank and file. That's true. I mean, not that there's anything yeah, wrong with I, unions, I, which is this, this is the part that makes it like yeah. like a head-scratcher because, you know, like uh, you, I'm sitting in um, the uh, West Hills group on Facebook and, you know, there's just like a nonstop like chorus of, you know, a few people that are just going on and on about you know, their Republican ideals and this and that. And it was just sort of like, wait a minute, you guys are backing the DWP? Yeah. Like, don't you guys hate the DWP? These are the, and for yeah. some, it was just and like, it's yeah. a role reversal. Role, yeah. So, I mean, the, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, 
Exactly. And and I, I want to stand up for, you know, those ordinary rank and file workers and make sure that workers are treated well and treated properly. And that absolutely um, the workers at even at those fossil fuel plants, we need to try to um, ease this transition as much as possible for them. Uh, but it's that shouldn't stand in the way of doing what we know we need to do, which is to shift over to clean energy. Right. I mean, those people, it's like they could just, can't they just be retrained? And I mean, a lot of it is probably administration, right? The jobs, I mean, can't they just be the retrained is, for solar? We have, in, in so many parts of the city, um, in terms of city workers, we have a workforce development problem, which means that we have people retiring and we don't have uh, enough workers to fill those jobs. So it seems like there's some overlapping problem and solution oh uh, opportunities here. I want a city to job. What's up? People. <laughs> yeah. Metro. Yeah. They're everywhere. Metro? Can we work for Metro? Okay. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's just crazy. I mean, I couldn't get a straight answer out of my friend who works for the DWP. Mm, and he was kind of saying that the job loss thing was BS. So it was just like, yeah. well, what is it then? And he just Well, couldn't. Lorraine just said that. There's no loss in jobs. No, but the, the, this guy works for the DWP. Sadly, he donated to John Lee. I, wanted, I, I don't talk to him mm. right now. But <laughs> he couldn't give me a straight answer, but he was telling me the whole line about you know, the job loss thing was, was BS. And I was like, really? Okay. Well, then what is it? And he, he couldn't give me a straight answer. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I guess he felt. Well, uh, I do know that union doesn't, you know, I don't want to alienate all the workers. There are a lot of good people that work there. And, but I do know the union doesn't, it's not a particularly democratic union. It's uh, most of the decisions are way, made by the leadership. And Brian mm -hmm. Darcy is the name of the head person over there. And I see. So he's so, just friends with the fossil your, fuel companies or something. The, your opponent. No, I think there's I, some. I don't honestly yeah. know, and I would love to. I would love to find out what the real legitimate issues are and address them because I am in favor of sitting down with people and working out, you know, what the problems are. And there are there are things that are going to be difficult that require creative solutions. <laughs> You know, it, it um, could be it could be like an ideological thing. Like I've seen a lot of like there's groups on Facebook that are dedicated to like uh, what's this one group? It's called I Love CO2 or mm. like there's like these groups that are pro fossil fuels. And mm -hmm. kind of, is it? Mm -hmm. I mean, because I kind of pick away at them sometimes and they just like maybe i'm talking to robots i don't know but no it doesn't seem like it it just seems like well like i mean in this election the ibew one of the things that they did was they paid for you know um there were groups there was a group gosh what was it called working californians for cd12 or something like that um there's a facebook group or facebook page um, that was, you know, devoted to all the same messaging that they were putting out in their mailers about me. And, oh. <clears throat> but, you know, the name of it sounds like a group. Of the group that you'd want to support. Yeah. Or right. something. Yeah. Well, they always do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The bike lobby's getting smarter. We can recognize this stuff. Another issue that came up um, was the BRT. Yeah on Nordoff. Yeah. That was played 
very well by, um, I guess he'll just remain nameless because I just can't even handle saying his name. But there was another candidate, and he sort of played oh, that issue. Gee. He just got all these people riled up. Jay right. Bieber, all right? And, you have uh, this sportsmanship way of looking at it. I, I can't get into like saying. I don't like. Well. I don't. I, I just don't like saying people's names. I don't know why. But well, no, you shouldn't. But I, the playing well part is like. I, I, do you call it playing well when they when they do what they did? I mean, I mean, politics is just a dirty. You know, it's just like, it's just dirty. That's just L.A. politics. You know, and Lorraine didn't play dirty that's and that's what was amazing about her campaign and she still came so close you know so so back so can we back up and talk about brt the issue yeah brt stands for bus rapid transit and the voters in 2016 passed measure m which was a big public transit initiative that funded a lot of new transit uh, around the county that will be coming online over the next decades, really. And one of the things included in Measure M as a line item in Measure M was a North Valley bus rapid transit. So we don't usually get a lot of public transit in the Northwest San Fernando Valley. Um, so it's great to be included in the, the monies for transit infrastructure in the county, and this line would serve CSUN students. There are 40,000 CSUN students in mm. in my district. Cal State and, Northridge. Uh, Cal State University Northridge, yeah. Mm. And many of them do already travel by bus. Uh, many of them don't travel by bus, but might and could if there were good bus options. And, you know, some of my students take the bus two hours each way from South LA just to come to a two hour class, which is it's wow. a very difficult commute to wow. handle. And uh, so the bus rapid transit would be a dedicated bus lanes, much like the orange line, the Metro orange right. line, which is a dedicated bus lane. Which is a great line. And People love that line. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. It gets a lot In of fact, ridership. It's one of the most, successful metro lines in the city and uh you know when when it was put in people said oh well people will never get out of their cars people will never stop taking the 101 and take the bus and then and then it became um this line that, that carries more than thirty thousand people every single day yeah and the big uh the big scare tactic that um was being used was you know Nordoff, which is a seven-lane street, does have residential houses on it, which is like part of the horrifying design of yesteryear, where they they designed the you know the entire valley to be cars focused, and they put this seven-lane street in front of residential houses, and the big scare tactic was um, that you know you're going to get six-story buildings built. Uh, right next to your house, you know, there was like graphics being put out like of a single family house with a six story building uh, on both sides and all this development's going to happen. It's like, you know, uh, it didn't happen with the orange line. I don't see st six story buildings all around the residential housing along Chandler where the orange line was. I don't see no. six story buildings along the, the orange line anywhere. 
you know, maybe no. a few spots like Van Nuys Boulevard or something, but uh, it just didn't happen. And it's not, it, even if it is going to happen, it's not going to happen for like decades because, you know, the popula like people aren't trying to live in the Northwest Valley so much. There's not a lot of demand out well, there. Well, this right? is just a few so people. Let's, let's try to, let's make sure that we um, make sure that people understand what, what is really true? I mean, those areas that are zoned for single-family ho- housing, um, there's no that zoning is not allowed to change. So it would continue to be zoned for single-family housing. Right. It would be a and, huge process to change that zoning. Right. And and and, and they're not yes, trying. To, are they trying were, to? Um, it depends on exactly, well, okay, are they trying to? So at the state level, there was a bill that died in committee that will never be passed called SB 50 that um, would, if it were passed, uh, allow for automatic zoning changes around transit lines. Mm -hmm. But um, even if that bill were to pass, which it isn't going to pass, it didn't pass, um, even if it were to pass, uh, the, a bus line like this would not um, would not qualify under most of the changes that SB 50 would have implemented if it had been passed. And even uh, if it does get passed, there still has to be market forces that, you know, demand density in the North Valley. And it's just, right. that's not where the density is going. The density is going over in North Hollywood and over the hill. It's not out in the West Valley. People aren't clamoring to And it would to not, most importantly, it would not, like the specific language in that bill would not have allowed for any height differences in the zoning. Oh, really? Okay. Um, around that line. Yes. Okay. Well, so whatever yeah. the maximum height is that is now would continue to be the maximum height for buildings. It would allow, would have allowed if it had passed, which it didn't, uh, for you know homes to be split up into like four plexes but again only with the same height Hmm. existing height zoning Hmm. Hmm. i mean when i walk down nordoff like the houses you know my friend lives over on nordoff kind of near csun and they that street is a miserable street it's like people have spent years walling their houses off from that street because it's noisy it's seven lanes it's like i if i mean if i was part of the a big part of this is that metro kind of hit everybody over the head with this stuff like yeah if i was in charge and they did it right at the perfect time to ruin you know in part this election in a way it's just like perfect timing but they you know like instead of beating people over the head right away with this plan, like sell it to them. Like if I lived on Nordoff, I would want less cars blasting down my street. And if I was growing old on Nordoff, I mean, it would be nice to have a bus because at a certain point you're not gonna be able to drive. You know, this this happened to my parents. They became prisoners in their home. You need good transit when you're, in your later years. So it's like, and hmm. property values along good transit lines skyrocket. So if you live along Nordoff, your property values are going to go way up. If you, if you have good transit next to you, I I think we're dealing with folks mostly that uh, were 
like that grew up with car culture being surrounded by car culture and i mean i used to work in the car industry on with nissan north america and they spent one billion dollars a year on marketing times mm. you know years and, and I, I looked into the the budget for advertising for the car industry in the united states it was something like 14 billion dollars and so we're yeah. just surrounded by pro car uh basically propaganda commercials all that stuff that is telling us that that you want to have a lot of you know cars in your life and all this stuff. And it's just like Really? I, I really want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars just to get around L.A.? I don't. I want to, I want options, you know? Well, also, you know, even if you are going to continue driving your car and you do drive your car, and there are good reasons that people do drive their cars, um, y- you are still served by good transit because having other people get out of their cars yeah. is makes your commute better. And, um, you know... The only we continue to add people to the city of Los Angeles. There's not that's not going to change. Um, we know that when you add lanes, um, the demand just increases to meet whatever infrastructure um, there is when it comes to traffic. We yeah. added lanes to the 405, and the commute times actually increased by yep. a minute. You um, build it, and, and they will come. Induced yes. demand. Induced demand. Yeah. So we have to do something. You know, more people are here and traffic is increasing. Uh, what can we do? What we can do is we can build infrastructure to have other ways to, for people to get around. And that benefits everybody. Right. When you called, I, I guess you called all your, like so many of your supporters. I was surprised because I didn't think you were going to run again because nothing I want to happen in politics happens. Like for the for the longest time, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it was really it was great to see that that you announced you were going to run again. I mean, that's that's to redo. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's looking good. So you know, fingers crossed. We got to work. It's time to Thank roll you. up our sleeves, Los Angeles. Do you are you getting the kind of? I mean, you have us little supporters do you have the kind of big fish support at all that 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 comes in handy well congress member katie hill is supporting and she's going to be running a, a re-election campaign um you know this time since the the election is going to be with all these other elections in the area um there's opportunity to uh, combined forces. So, for example, when Congressmember Katie Hill, who's supporting me, or um, Assemblymember Christy Smith from the area has endorsed me, um, we have the opportunity to to get on uh, a slate. Do things like, you know, yeah, get on slates, um, knock doors together, have, have events together, things like that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm doing? I'm bringing my screen printing machine out. I'm gonna bring that out. Oh yeah, we're gonna do some shirts. <laughs> is that is that okay? Well, I mean, do it. Does it have um, to be? Union? Well, everything everything has to be. All contributions have to be recorded. Um, even you know, in kind con- anything that's gifts is in in kind contribution, and uh, no oh. no. Uh, you know, as long as everything's reported and we don't uh, violate any of the limits on giving, then yes, absolutely. Okay. 
Well, my shirts are only worth like minus one dollar each. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bad joke. All right. Oh. No, it's I don't know how much they're worth, but they're not worth that much. Actually, yeah. everybody could bring you we'll money. Be fine. The ink. If we have everybody bring their own shirt, I can just bring the ink, okay. and then that's yeah. like ten dollars. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Are you gonna have your HQ at um, Toolbox again? Yes, I expect I will. Yes. Okay, cool. That's great. a cool spot. Yeah. This is a great. It's a wonderful place. Yeah. So strategic. Oh, and Kevin's gonna be back. Kevin Taylor. Yes. Okay. Kevin yes, Taylor. Of course he is. My campaign manager. I'm saying that for the audience. I already. <laughs> I already know. Um, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He well, is great. what else he's can cool. say? You just don't even expect. I don't know. It was amazing. It was an what? amazing run. I don't know. Like he's such a calm Thank dude, you. and uh, both you, you guys are really calm. How people. did you connect with Kevin? Kevin, I met. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> me. <laughs> it's all about me. Uh, no, go ahead. Sorry. 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 Um, I met Kevin when he was the um, West Valley rep um, for Mayor Garcetti during the, which was during the Aliso Canyon guest blowout. And so I was interacting with him in that capacity when we were working on trying to get justice for, for the Aliso Canyon victims. Can you connect uh, all the different things you do to environmentalism and what's going on right now with, you know, is that going to be a stronger um, approach now than it than it has been just because of people being more aware, do you think? Because uh, I, I, earlier I, th- I think it was like you can't talk too much about wanting to be for bus lines or bikes. Um, we got to keep that part secret. I, you because... know, I think that um, we're not keeping anything secret. I'm, I'm not. I know you guys well, are joking about it, and it's funny, but I, you know, like I am clear about who I am and clear about my agenda. And also, you know, I want to meet people's needs and talk to people about what their needs are. And, and um, I do care about what the top priorities of people in my district are and I want to speak to what they need. So um, it's, it, we are definitely going to, I mean, you know, my, um, I'm running because I am concerned about our climate emergency and I have exciting ideas about, how to make this city better in ways that will address the climate emergency that we face. That's my reason for running. I'm never, I've never hid that. I'm not going to be hiding that. Everybody knows that. Absolutely. Um, that is, that's why I'm in politics. It's why I've come out of my comfort zone to do all of this. And that is, has never been an issue that really, really resonates with voters. You know, when you ask voters um, what they're to rank their top priorities, climate change usually doesn't even come in the top 10. Mm-hmm. That is something that's shifting now across the country. It's starting to become more of a top issue mm-hmm. for more voters. Um, but I know that uh, I also really need to speak to the the other things that people do care about. Homelessness is one of the biggest issues in the district right now. But the interesting thing is that a lot of the solutions 
for our climate emergency actually overlap with some of the solutions for homelessness. So, for example, affordable housing, creating housing that people can actually afford to live in and not pricing our teachers and our our college students and our nurses and, and, you know, people with regular ordinary jobs out of the San Fernando Valley means that they can afford to live in the San Fernando Valley. And that means they don't have to drive as far. You know, we, a lot of people are moving really far out and having long commutes because they can't afford to live near where they work. Absolutely. And that's also why a lot of people are, becoming homeless because they they can't afford housing um so these these issues and the solutions in particular to these big issues that we're facing overlap in many ways right on yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it's just crazy i mean okay so you're focusing also on the nuts and bolts of the district and homelessness is one of them when we were working on your campaign the the uh one of the talking points that was great was your plan for homelessness that actually saves taxpayers money and maybe we could get you to kind of talk a little bit more about that yeah well supportive housing is is literally does save people money it is it is literally cheaper to house people and give them services than it is to have them living on our streets. The average person living on the streets costs us money as taxpayers right now, $140 to $160 per day, just because of things like emergency room visits and um, interactions with the police and all these sanitation sweeps and things like that. Um, it costs taxpayers money. And... Uh, we we could pay less money. And, and in fact, we're actually already paying for the supportive housing. We've already passed those taxes to, to um, Triple H. supportive housing. Yes, Major H and HHH. Uh, Major H was at the county level. HHH was at the city level. H is for the, the, the services, like the mental health services, the drug addiction counseling, the career placement services. And then HHH is for the actual housing. Um, we're paying for it already. So and the, the money we from... We want to actually spend that money. We want to actually right, use it. They, they haven't <laughs> and spent... And people off the street. We haven't spent any of that money in the district. That's right. And, and this we're, is the only district that hasn't spent any of that money. Right? That's right. So we, that's we're, right. we're all paying a tax. And for some reason, the previous regime, which your opponent was part of, didn't spend any of that money in our district, you know, and to me as a taxpayer, that bums me out. Like I want to get some of the benefits of our tax money back in the district to, That's right. you know, to help people. And, and also, I mean, you're right. The, the Spending money on, on the police to deal with the homelessness problem is like, it's like asking a doctor to clip nails. It's like, yeah. They should be working on burglaries and things like that, not, you know, yeah, sweeping homeless prevention. people. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't actually help to, um, you know, just, uh, you know, move people from one place to another. They're still living on the streets. Um, you can clean up one section, but they're just going to move to another section. And that's 
what we've been doing and it's it's not addressing the root causes of the problem it's not a real solution we need real solutions we need to get people into homes we and need to help people stay in their homes to prevent them from becoming homeless in the first place now a lot of and a lot of the talking points from the right from the republicans in the district are saying oh these are you know, these people aren't, these people are homeless by choice. They're on drugs and uh, they're, they're transients. What, what yeah, do you say to that? I mean, that, what, what would you say to that critique? I, right. Yeah. Did I get that right? Like, this is like, yes. they're sort of like saying like, oh, these people don't want to be in housing, which to me just doesn't seem true. And they basically just want to sweep them out of the district rather than accept that this is Los Angeles. This is our yeah, whole I mean, city. So there's a lot of things to say to that. And one, and one of them is, what do you think we should be doing? And when you ask people and push on what they think we should be doing, oftentimes it sort of comes down to criminalizing homelessness, um, which, you know, essentially jailing people, which is a lot more expensive right. than supportive housing is a lot less effective um, because they do get out of jail. And once they get out of jail, then they really have been spending time with hardened criminals and, and you know, learning that culture and learning how to become, uh, um, yeah. you know, you're much more likely to engage in criminal activity um, after you've been in jail than before you've been in jail. And uh um, that's not the best. It really is not a good solution. Uh, and so then they come back out and they still don't have a home. And, but now they're, they've, you know, been, uh, you know, living with, with uh, people who have been engaging in hard criminal activity. And that doesn't help our communities. And it doesn't help the people who are living on the streets. And it costs us more money than it costs to actually help people. Um, actually solve the problem to provide housing. And, and let's talk about the drug addiction. So they say, you know, um, they're addicted to drugs. Well, not all of the homeless people living on the streets are addicted to drugs. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's, you know, less than a third of the population. But definitely um, drug addiction is a, a thing that we also need to be looking at. And it's a lot easier to get off of drugs when you are housed. Um, It's a lot, you you respond to treatment, to drug addiction treatment much more readily when you are housed. And the same is true about mental health services. It's a lot easier to stay on your meds if you have a mental health challenge uh, when you're housed than when you're living on the streets. And, People respond to therapy a lot more readily when they are housed. So we're paying for these services. Um, they are more effective when people are housed. And, and again, we literally it's literally the cheapest and the most effective thing to do. It's literally cheaper and more effective than even just leaving things as the status quo and letting people just sleep on the streets. Um, so, I mean, all those uh, things should speak to... Republicans. Well, it's, Republicans. it's facts, and we know that facts are not the uh, most it, effective yeah, it's just, uh, it's form of like, communication. But if, if, the, you, if you can talk one-on-one with like, somebody yeah, like one-on-one. a Republican 
they do eventually the light bulb does turn on where it's like yeah that does make sense i've We're gotten in fights police. that's my experience uh, you gotta you gotta spend some time and you can't get upset not, not like actually this happened once it was on a train we had oh, a long okay. conversation and he said he was good anyways <laughs> but uh lorraine we only have the studio until uh yeah right this actual minute and okay. T-minus 10 right. seconds Can, until we Do you want to run down uh, anything else? Visit my website, LorraineForLA.com. That's with one R. So it's L-O-R-A-I-N-E-F-O-R-L-A.com. Uh, we really need help and support in all the different ways. So um, come out and volunteer for us or make a contribution. We do uh, really rely on those grassroots individual contributions. I've definitely encourage people to vote. The election is March 3rd, 2020, which seems a long way from now, but, um, you know, it's that's the time when we need people to come out and vote, and, and it is a Republican versus Democrat situation. I'm, I'm a Democrat. You know, my opponent is a Republican. I'm Lorraine Lundquist, again, listed as educator scientist mom on the ballot. And, uh, yeah, we... <laughs> We need your help. And we need an educator and a scientist and a mom on the city council. Are there any okay. other moms on Thank the city you. council? There's like two yep. women or something. Yes, there's two women. Okay. Um, we need yes, more. there are moms. But yeah, okay. two women out of 15 right now. So it's definitely not representative of the population of the city. Uh, all right, Lorraine. Thank you. And please come on uh, every so often. <laughs> okay, great. I like right, how you looked you at your watch much. when you said that. Uh, yeah, thank you, Lorraine, and uh, we'll see you out there. I'll definitely be uh, okay. helping you out. So. Me too. Fantastic. Doing the thank dirt you. work. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank I'm you. so grateful. Thank you. Us too. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. We got to do that thing where it's like, okay, now you, no, you hang up. You hang up. No, you hang up. She hung up. <laughs> All right. So you've been listening to... Bike Talk on KPFK live stream. WPI Pacifica. We're also on SoundCloud. That last show that we did was actually, I like that. Those those um, those advocates yeah. from Sunset for All, I'm, I'm actually inspired by them. Good. We got to get them back on here. We will. Talk about the plan a little more. We'll talk to people. We will. And we'll play this song in the background. You're the kind of girl that fits in with my world. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 